Folks, financial experts thought we were in the clear. They were anticipating around six rate cuts by the Fed this year, and then the inflation data came out higher than expected again, just like we've been predicting. Friends, this isn't going away anytime soon. It can't. The U.S. is $34 plus trillion in the hole, and yet we keep printing money, which pushes the prices you pay every day even higher, whether it's at the grocery cart or at the gas store. So, You can either bury your head in the sand or you can do something about it. Diversify a portion of your savings into gold with Birch Gold Group. Gold is your hedge against inflation and Birch Gold makes it easy to own. They will help you convert an existing IRA or 401k into a tax-sheltered IRA in gold and you don't pay a penny out of pocket. All you got to do to get started, text Just News to 989898 and get your free info kit on gold. Then talk to a precious metal specialist on how to protect your savings from persistent inflation. The way to do it with gold. All you got to do to get started on that journey with my good friends who I trust more than anyone at Birch Gold Group, text Just News to 989898 right now. Hello, America, and welcome to the Sunday Brunch edition of John Solomon Reports. Yep, it's uh, fall. It's starting to get a little cool and crisp out there, a little rainy this weekend. At least on the East Coast, it is with a little bit of a tropical storm effect going on. We're going to kick off the show today with the chairman of the House Judiciary Committee, Jim Jordan, on the front lines of both the Hunter Biden scandal and the weaponization of government, which go hand in hand, right? Because it's weaponized against conservatives in his mind and weaponized to protect Democrats like Hunter Biden. Jim Jordan's going to explain that. Plus, he is really the driving force in cracking down on federally driven censorship, these disinformation campaigns that really are an excuse to censor political speech that the government doesn't like. Jim Jordan at the top of the show. In the second segment, Andy Biggs from Arizona, great on the border, great on the budget, in the middle of a lot of these discussions over whether we're going to have a government shutdown or an orderly budget. He'll give us an update in the second block. In the third block, Chairman Brian Stile, the House Administration Committee, the man in charge of the Republicans' efforts to make a more sane election system, a more secure election system, easy to vote, hard to cheat. He's got a new bill he's working on. He's got some new investigations he's looking at. Brian Stahl will jump in in the middle of the block. In the end of the show, we're going to bring in Barbara Comstock, former congresswoman from Virginia. She has some concerns about the way that the Justice Department is going about the Google antitrust case, worried that there are some standards that are being twisted that may ultimately come back around to hurt the American public. We'll describe what that is in a few minutes with Barbara Comstock. That'll wrap up the show today. That's our show. Happy Sunday. I hope you enjoy it. We'll be back with Jim Jordan right after these messages. You know what, folks? Stress may be why you can't lose weight. If you've got moderate to high stress like I do, a doctor-formulated weight loss supplement called Lean could be your solution. Chronic stress wreaks havoc on blood sugar, which can cause your body to store excess fat. Stress can also slow your metabolism, which fuels weight gain. And you know all about stress eating and sugar cravings, right? Now the good news. The studied ingredients in Lean have been shown to help maintain healthy blood sugar levels, help optimize metabolism, and keep your appetite under control. Now, if your life is a bit stressful like mine and you want to lose weight, add lean to your healthy diet and exercise lifestyle. Now, get 15% off and free shipping at takelean.com. That's takelean.com and enter the promo code justnews15. That's the promo code justnews15 at takelean.com. One more time, takelean, L-E-A-N.com. 
Statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease, and it's not a substitute or alternative for care from a healthcare provider. Hey folks, it's John Solomon here. Today, I want to shine a light on AMAC, an organization who's dedicated to America's seniors, but is vital for conservatives of all ages. AMAC stands out by not only advocating for senior issues, but also by pushing for conservative values that affect us all. By joining, you're not just supporting our senior citizens, you're part of a movement defending the freedoms that made this country great and to ensure that we secure our nation's future. Plus, membership brings you exclusive benefits like discounts on travel, dining, and entertainment, and of course, special insurance rates, one of the things I like. Regardless of your age, if you're driven to preserve freedom, AMAC welcomes you. This is about uniting youthful vigor with the wisdom of experience and our quest to keep this country great. Sign up now for amac.us slash justnews. And for a limited time, you get a free gift membership for someone else who shares your love for our great nation. Don't miss out on this chance to make a difference from AMAC. Join today at amac.us slash justnews. That's amac.us slash justnews. And extend the invitation to a friend or family member for free. What a great opportunity. Welcome back, America Every Day. The activity in Washington, D.C. never ceases to amaze the American people. And with great thanks to hardworking members like our next guest, the corruption, scandals and deceit that comes from the Washington, D.C. swamp continues to be exposed. Ohio Congressman Jim Jordan chairs the House Judiciary Committee, and he joins us now to talk about his extraordinary work now. Congressman, thank you for being here. You bet, Amanda. Thank you. Sir, Joe Biden's alleged criminality has a date with destiny next Thursday on the floor of the House of Representatives, where the impeachment inquiry is going to begin. What are the biggest questions you want answered and any blockbuster moments you expect to see? Well, we'll see who the witnesses that Mr. Coma brings in next week. But I do know that, you know, this week we have uh, we have Merrick Garland coming in. We're going to get a lot of questions, I think, for him regarding how the Department of Justice handled the whole the whole Hunter Biden investigation. Uh, David Weiss and his, you know, changing story, the White House's changing story. So I'm sure those will be questions there. And sort of this 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 double standard that we all see where you have one special counsel in, in David Weiss and the way he's conducted an investigation versus Jack Smith and the way he's attacked President Trump and has now two indictments, one in Miami, one in D.C. I think that'll be uh, one of the themes as well. Yeah, well, that contrast is so powerful when you really look at the conduct of the two. Uh, at the top of the show, sir, we tease the story. We're going to break in its entirety tonight. But uh, because of the good work that your committee did with Tim Tebow, big interview you guys did in the last week with him, we have some visibility into something that we didn't know. And that is that the yeah. Justice Department, David Weiss, and maybe the Washington field office had an investigation of Joe Biden's campaign, that he was possibly the recipient of illegal campaign contributions. Uh, Delaware U.S. attorney tells FBI, stand down. They go to Washington field office. U.S. attorney there tells them to stand down, according to Tebow's testimony. This is pretty serious stuff. It means the president's campaign. There was a suspicion about that. What is your reaction from what we know about it right now? Well, we're just we're just getting into this issue and the concerns. Um, but it wouldn't surprise me if they were told to stand down, because remember, this investigation over a five year time frame, it was slow walked. This is this is not just Mr. Shapley and Mr. Ziegler who say that, but it was also the FBI agents who confirmed that this investigation moved at a very slow pace. The two that we were able to uh, depose. And then, of course, you have this. This is the investigation that tipped off the defense counsel when a search warrant's coming. This is the investigation, David Weiss, who put together the plea agreement that the court said, this is ridiculous. We're not going to accept this. So it shouldn't surprise us that 
they shut down another line of questioning and investigation that the agents wanted to do, uh, if in fact that's what happened. But um, yeah, this is something that I think is a concern because, you know, you had this individual come in and cover Hunter Biden's tax liability. That's kind of interesting. And then was, in fact, that a contribution to Mr. Biden's campaign when he ran for president? Yeah, no doubt. Mr. Chairman, every time we get more information, the White House obviously reacts. And you've got these two IRS whistleblowers, Joseph Ziegler and Gary Shapley, and you've now got Hunter Biden's attorneys that are uh, reacting legally. And, you know, these are whistleblowers. They are protected by whistleblower protections and laws. But is there something yeah. further that Congress needs to do, some, some extra coverage for them in light of the intimidation that they're on the receiving end of? The White House doesn't get well, the message. Yeah, government's not supposed to retaliate against whistleblowers that come forward. We're concerned that that happened in the FBI with some of the guys who came forward and talked to us about the school board memo, the Catholic memo, and those issues. But this is this is Hunter Biden's defense counsel going after Mr. Shapley, Mr. Ziegler. What I would point out is, is this an intimidation effort on behalf of the defense counsel? I don't know. You have to see why they did it. But one thing I do know is Mr. Shapley and Mr. Ziegler's testimony has not wavered. And maybe most importantly, it stood up under hours of cross-examination from the Democrats in the House Oversight Committee back in July in that public hearing. What I also know is the White House's story has changed multiple times about Hunter Biden and the Biden business and, and, and this investigation. And maybe even more importantly, David Weiss and the attorney general, uh, or excuse me, the Department of Justice's story has changed multiple times as well. But those whistleblowers, Mr. Shapley, Mr. Ziegler, they've been consistent. Yeah. And the evidence backs them up. The handwritten notes. There's a lot of contemporaneous evidence that you've turned up that is so solid. I want to ask about tomorrow. Merrick Garland will be there for uh, an oversight hearing. Uh, he has assured you, as has uh, David Weiss, that uh, David Weiss was always in charge. He didn't need any other prosecutors to help him make decisions. But you've made, laid out extraordinary evidence. U.S. attorney in Washington turned down a prosecution. U.S. attorney in Los Angeles turned down a prosecution. In the news story today, apparently Delaware wanted to go to Washington to shop the case because they couldn't get David Weiss to do it in uh, Delaware. Do you believe the testimony of Merrick Garland and um, David Weiss in his letter matches the evidence that you have right now? No, but I, I don't. Actually, David Weiss has told us multiple things. Yeah, that's he right. He told us on June 7th that he had full authority to determine when, where and whether to file charges. But then 23 days later, he writes us again and he says, I stand by what I wrote on June 7th, but I want to expand. My authority is limited to my U.S. attorney's district in Delaware. Well, it can't be both things. And then he then he made it even more confusing when on July 10th, he wrote Senator Graham and he said to Senator Graham, I want to clarify, I've not sought special counsel status, but I've had discussions with the folks at the Department of Justice. So one of the key questions I think we got to ask tomorrow is, who'd you talk with? Who'd you talk with in those discussions? Who told you yes? Who told you no? What were the discussions about? Because something happened between July 10th when he said, I didn't seek special counsel status and August 11th when Merrick Garland announces, David Weiss asked me and I'm now granting him special counsel status. What happened in those 32 days? What took place? As far as I know, it was the whistleblower's testimony and it was the plea deal falling apart. And suddenly the Justice Department realizes, wow, our plan's not working. We got to do something different because the judge caught us on this crazy plea deal. The whistleblowers came forward and told us how told the American people how the investigation went. We got to do something different. So we're going to name the guy who had who presided over all this mess. We're going to make him a special counsel. Yeah. I don't think that makes sense. And we're going to ask him about all that. That's important. Mm. Yeah. And, and Mr. Chairman, I mean, since the, 
This is 2023. Gone are the days of of a gentleman's handshake. It, wouldn't there be documentation somewhere of whether or not uh, Weiss was in charge, whether or not Weiss could have special counsel status, whether or not Weiss could prosecute? It, shouldn't that be in black and white somewhere? Well, it's in black and white now because there's there's an actual order making him the special counsel. But before that, they're saying on one hand he has full authority. But we know that he didn't because he got turned down when he wanted to partner with the D.C. U.S. attorney and the Central District of California U.S. attorney. So, again, it cannot be both. Um, I think, again, that'll be a line of questioning for uh, for the attorney general when we have him in front of the committee. Yeah, we're going to be streaming that live tomorrow. Such an important hearing. So I want to turn to another topic that you have been an absolute bulldog on, really <laughs> leading on from top to bottom. The extraordinary role of the federal government in censoring Americans' political opinions. You've exposed a lot of it. You've begun to develop legislation. In the budget negotiations that are going on now, is there any discussion going on about tying riders to appropriations that prevent oh, the yeah. agency? And also maybe from uh, political prosecutions as well. Tell us what you've been working on behind the scenes. Well, a, a couple of things. We want we want certain language on these appropriation bills when we get to those that says, you know, no money can be used to censor Americans. If it's you know th that kind of language, no money can be used to develop a disinformation governance board at the Department of Homeland Security like they tried to do a year ago. Those kind of rider language. But we've also introduced legislation. Senator Paul and I, right. Senator Paul, on the Senate side, we've introduced legislation that says if you're in the government and you censor, you're involved in censoring Americans. You can you can be fired. You can lose your pension. You can use a, lose your security clearance. And there can be civil penalties that brought against you for censoring, for attacking Americans fundamental First Amendment free speech rights. So that's the only way you get at this. We got two great decisions. You got the court decision, yeah. the Western District of Louisiana. And then, of course, what was followed up by the Fifth Circuit, where they confirmed almost everything in the lower court's decision and talking about these agencies who were censoring conservative speech all across the country. Yeah, that they were. Sir, before we let you go, even if Republicans slash that, what was it, 8% discretionary spending, there are still at least 20 or so Republicans who are holding out on this. What, what are the elements that they're holding out on? They want to know the top line number. They want the appropriation process to move. Uh, what, I, what I've been trying to focus on is I think, I think you win in politics when you have one really good issue you can, you can hone in on. And right now, I think that issue, I really do, I think that issue is the, is the open border we have. So let's let's say in this in this bill that funds the government for a short period of time, let's say no money can be used to process and allow into the country migrants, new migrants into the country. And after all, you got the Democrat mayor in New York saying this kind of that they need we need to do something. Send that kind of bill to Chuck Schumer and see what he does. Folks, they're going anywhere. Andy Biggs right after the commercial break. Folks, financial experts thought we were in the clear. They were anticipating around six rate cuts by the Fed this year, and then the inflation data came out higher than expected again, just like we've been predicting. Friends, this isn't going away anytime soon. It can't. The U.S. is $34 plus trillion in the hole, and yet we keep printing money, which pushes the prices you pay every day even higher, whether it's at the grocery cart or at the gas store. So, you can either bury your head in the sand or you can do something about it. Diversify a portion of your savings into gold with Birch Gold Group. Gold is your hedge against inflation and Birch Gold makes it easy to own. They will help you convert an existing IRA or 401k into a tax-sheltered IRA in gold and you don't pay a penny out of pocket. All you got to do to get started, text Just News to 989898 and get your free info kit on gold. Then talk to a precious metal specialist on how to protect your savings from persistent inflation. The way to do it with gold. All you got to do to get started on that journey with my good friends who I trust more than anyone at Birch Gold Group, 
Text Just News to 989898 right now. Folks, if you get your wallet stolen or your cell phone or your car, we know what it is. It's old-fashioned theft. It's crime. We know it. Criminals now have a new way to steal our most valuable asset, our homes. Older Americans are most vulnerable to these types of thefts, and that's because they more often own their homes outright. An 88-year-old Florida woman recently discovered that scammers forged her signature, created a fake deed to her home, and then took her property. Those who buy a property from a deed theft scammer often become victims as well. What can you do to protect yourself? It's simple. My good friends at Home Title Lock provide the premier detection technology to protect your home and its title. The instant they detect an activity or something suspicious, they mobilize to help shut it down. We won't know a thief took us off our title until it's too late. That's why Title Lock jumps into action right away. The titles to all our homes are easily found online. A criminal or renter, even a family member, can simply forge your signature on a home sale form, then he or she refiles as the new owner, and bam, your home is not in your name, and all of a sudden, debts are being taken out against it. That's why Home Title Lock is my choice. Find out for free when you use my code JUSTNEWS at sign up. You'll get a free comprehensive scan of your home's title and 30 days of legendary home title lock protection free. So go to hometitlelock.com and use the promo code JUSTNEWS. That's the promo code JUSTNEWS at hometitlelock.com. Go there today. Welcome back, America. Growing up as a little boy, I have some fond memories of hanging out with my dad, watching an old TV show called Hogan's Heroes. It was set in the World War II, and there was this funny character named Sergeant Schultz, and his answer to everything is, I know nothing. I know nothing. And yesterday, while watching the Attorney General of the United States, Merrick Garland, testify before the House Judiciary Committee, I swore I'd been thrown back to the lounge chair with my dad watching Hogan Heroes. He said, I know nothing. I know nothing so many times. It was hard to imagine if he knew anything about his department. One of the lawmakers subjected to that performance, uh, of course, on the House Oversight Committee, our good friend, Arizona Congressman Andy Biggs, and he joins us right now. Congressman, it's kind of scary to see a cabinet secretary that didn't seem to know, well, anything about his department. Yeah, it really is. You would think that that Joe Biden was in front of us. That he knew such a, <laughs> had such a dearth of information. I mean, yeah. um, look, he sat there and he would what I enjoyed about it. And I pointed it out to him is how contradictory it was to say that he didn't know anything, wasn't involved. But boy, if you if you put him on the spot and ticked him off, he knew everything about a particular aspect of that case. Yeah. So. So what, what is that? That's a contradiction, maybe a prevarication, and some people might say a downright lie, but uh, it, was, it was a classic case. I mean, I think he's been taking lessons from Alejandro Mayorkas. <laughs> That's right. That's the other cabinet secretary That's that does right. nothing. <laughs> Congressman, there, there were quite a few times when he said, I can't recall, I don't remember. That actually didn't surprise me. Unfortunately, government incompetence, that doesn't really surprise me. But there was one time that he said he couldn't recall that absolutely floored me. This was probably the pinnacle to me of, of I don't even know what it is, incompetence. Check this out. Anyone at FBI headquarters about the Hunter Biden investigation? Don't re- I, don't, I don't recollect the answer to that question, but the FBI works for the Justice Department. It's, uh, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. You don't, recollect, you don't recollect whether you've talked with anybody at FBI headquarters about an investigation of the president's son? I, I don't believe that I did. I promised the Senate when I came um, before it for confirmation that I would leave Mr. Weiss in place and that I would not interfere with his investigation. Okay, did you ever? I have kept that promise. 
Congressman, there have been a lot of unprecedented things that have happened under this president. And a lot of these moments for the American people where they think to themselves, wow, I'm always going to remember when I heard this. I would think that having a conversation with someone at the Department of Justice about investigating the son of the act of, of the current president of the United States, I would think that that would be one of those conversations that you're always going to remember. Yeah, I agree with that. I agree with you, Amanda, for sure. I mean, I think I think we all sat there and and I think that that Mike Johnson, who was asking the questions, thought he would say, yeah, and then he would kind of expand on that. So we'd find out who he talked to at the FBI and, and, and get a ground on that. But, but to basically say, I don't recall. And the, and the best part about it for me is when he says at the beginning, I don't recall the answer to that question. What <laughs> right. it said to me was what it said to me was. Yeah. Hey, they gave me this list of answers. That's I don't think that was on the questions that they were going to give me. Uh, you know, what do we do here? I don't I don't know what to do. And then and then for him to say, you know, I really just have no recollection at all whether that even happened. It just shows uh, I don't know if it shows this massive incompetence or this uh, lassitude, this 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 basic indifference to 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 knowing what's going on in the case yet at the same time acting like he's all over the case. I mean, it's just so, it was so controversial, so bad. And uh, you know what? I think you, the, the two of you and I have all heard such crazy things over the last two years yep. from co cabinet secretaries. It's hard to even catalog all the memories that we're going to have. Ah, that's true. Someone told me the other day, it's no longer a cabinet. It's just a big circus. And I think there may be some truth to that. Uh, Congressman, I want to ask a little bit about next week. Next Wednesday, uh, we learned earlier in the show today that House Ways and Means Committee Chairman uh, Jason Smith is going to release a whole bunch of new documents and testimonies from key players in uh, the IRS case. Uh, he's saying there's going to be some pretty important revelations there. Then the next day, the very first impeachment inquiry hearing. What do you think we will see by the end of next week? How much smarter will the American people be just about the corruption that's already been uncovered? I think that if people have been paying attention, they they pretty much know what how corrupt the Biden family is, including Joe Biden, how it leads right into Joe Biden. But I think what will happen next week is is there will be people who who simply have not been paying attention and and some of the revelations are going to catch their attention like they haven't been caught before. I'm hoping that maybe the left stream media, the Biden propaganda arm will suddenly have some kind of epiphany and realize there is so much more there than we had previously thought. And in so doing, they will begin sharing it with the American public. And I'm hoping that we have a kind of a, the beginning of a tidal wave of public opinion uh, about, about Joe Biden and his corruption and his entire family's perfidy and their, their profiteering over his public office. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. Been quite prolific. Uh, before we let you go, I want to make sure we get in a border question because President Trump was in Iowa and he uh, suggested that if he was reelected, that he would invoke this, uh, what is it, the Alien Enemies Act, a wartime provision from the late 1700s, where they would detain and deport anyone over the age of 14 who's not a U.S. citizen. Is that, I mean, if things have gotten so bad at the border. I just saw a report, second drowning in 24 hours at Eagle Pass, 100 migrants every single day coming through the, just Eagle Pass. Is that the best way to the best and fastest way to reverse this should President Trump win next year? Well, what it would do is, is uh, Amanda, it's, it's, it's actually ha gonna have to be necessary because by the time Trump gets back in office, 
you'll have had over 10 million, in my opinion, over 10 million illegal aliens cross our border and come into the country under the Biden regime. And so when you start deporting people and removing them from this country, what that does is that disincentivizes the tens of thousands of people who are coming. And by the way, every day down in Darien Gap, which is in Panama, so people come, they come to South America, come over from Colombia to the Darien Gap, over 5,000 people a day. Talk to one of my sources from the Gap today. And I'll just tell you, um, those people that you're seeing come, come in uh, to Eagle Pass, over 7,000 in a three-day period. Uh, most of those two weeks ago were down crossing into the Darien Gap and those people work, make their way up and they end up in the Eagle Pass, Del Rio area. So if you want to disincentivize them, you remove them from the country, which is why the Me Remain in Mexico policy was so doggone effective at slowing down uh, illegal uh, border crossings. Folks, a big conversation after the commercial break about election integrity with House Administration Committee Chairman Brian Stahl of Wisconsin. He's got some great ideas to make elections easier to vote and harder to cheat. He'll explain why after these great sponsors that we have. Folks, if you owe back taxes, fair warning, you're not going to like this. The IRS is mailing millions of pay-up letters. Millions, I say. Then it's up to the 20,000 new IRS enforcement agents to find you. Why the IRS targets you and not millionaires? Well, because millionaires have tax lawyers. You don't, you'll pay up. Plus interest and penalties. You need Tax Network USA and you need them now. Tax Network USA has brilliant war room strategies to solve your IRS problems quickly and in your favor. Like a preferred direct line to the IRS. They know which agents to deal with and who to avoid. It's not all bad news for you because Tax Network USA learned of a special limited time IRS offer. They're willing to waive $1 billion in penalties if you qualify. So schedule your free confidential consultation to see if you qualify for this limited time IRS penalty canceling offer. To do so, call 1-800-245-6000. That's 1-800-245-6000. Or visit tnusa.com slash justnews. That's tnusa.com slash justnews. Folks, Field of Greens is the healthiest thing I do every day, and I want you on this journey with me. Why? It's literally one scoop a day. It tastes great. I love the fruit flavors particularly, and it's completely improved my life and my health. This is nutrition the way nature intended. When I began taking a hard look at why I wasn't feeling good and why I felt unhealthy, why I was gaining weight, why I was losing energy, it wasn't just because I had hit my 50s. No, it was because I wasn't getting the right amount of fruit and vegetables in my diet. And listen, it's, I'm just too busy to go to the store, clean up the vegetables, cook uh, uh, vegetable dinners, and make sure I hit the fruit. A field of greens stepped in. One scoop of powder in my drink or on my eggs in the morning, and boom, I was off and feeling better. And suddenly, I was losing weight. I was sleeping better. My metabolism went up. My blood sugar went down. My cholesterol went down, and my weight went down. And my doctor said, hey, whatever you're doing, keep it doing. You know what that is? It's Field of Greens. That's what I've been doing. Field of Greens is radically different. Each organic fruit and vegetable was medically chosen to support heart and vital organ health. I trust Field of Greens to keep me healthy. I promise you, you're going to love this product. But if for any reason you don't, they'll give you 100% money-back guarantee. Now, you're going to get 15% off your first order, plus free rush shipping because of the incredible partnership we have here at Just the News with Brick 
House Nutrition, and, of course, Field of Greens. All you got to do to take advantage of this offer, visit fieldofgreens.com and use the promo code JUSTNEWS. That's promo code JUSTNEWS at fieldofgreens.com. Don't wait. Go to fieldofgreens.com today. Use the promo code JUSTNEWS for 15% off. Welcome back, everybody. After two years under Democrat control, House Republicans have had a lot of making up to do. And with great thanks to effective leadership from folks like our next guest, they are regaining ground rather quickly. Meanwhile, liberal-run cities like Washington, D.C. have seen a major uptick in crime, and it's starting to concern many members of Congress and their staff. House Administration Committee Chairman Brian Style represents the great people of Wisconsin. We just saw him about a month ago in person, and he just held a security briefing this morning to present best practices for members, staff, and visitors to stay safe while in our nation's capital. Congressman, it's an honor to have you back here. Thank you for being here, sir. Thanks for having me on. Uh, I looked at some of the stats that were posted regarding Washington, D.C. It's pretty disgusting. Uh, Violent crime is up 39 percent, 190 murders in the city just so far this year. 702 carjackings on average, 20 to 25 cars are stolen every day this year. Uh, You know, I think of all of the, the tourism that takes place in our nation's capital, people who come to experience the history and the importance of that city. And yet this crime, I I don't think it's a good look, but what happened in this committee and what are some of those best practices that you are recommending to Congress? And should we maybe put out a flyer for tourists going there, too? Well, it's so concerning. The statistics you laid out are spot on. I mean, to think in a city of just over 500,000 people that 5,000 cars have been stolen already this year. And as you said, that's 20 to 25 a day, 700 of those. Uh, have been the result of carjackings where people are viciously thrown out of their cars and thrown onto the streets as the criminals drive away. Uh, And there's no sign that this crime is slowing down. If you want to know what happens in our nation's largest cities under complete democratic control, look no further than your nation's capital, uh, is crime is spiking. And so what we did today was held a briefing and did a couple of things. One, we provided Uh, the kind of the tools in the toolkit that people who visit Washington, D.C. with their family, maybe somebody from my home state of Wisconsin or a staff member uh, who's working up here on Capitol Hill, what they need to know to make sure that they're keeping themselves safe in a period of time of such high crime. It's unfortunate, but it's also true that the advice that was given today included telling people to give space between their car and the car in front of them when they pull up to a stop sign or a stoplight so that they can make an evasive maneuver if they have to. That's how out of control crime is in Washington, D.C. And it's not only carjackings and car thefts, uh, but we're seeing it with assaults, with burglary, robbery, murder. Um, When you allow Democrats to have total control as they do in our nation's capital and they put forward soft on crime policies, it only takes a few short years uh, for crime to spike in the manner that it has in our nation's capital. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it is extraordinary. I can remember the last time the Washington D.C. was called the mur- murder capital of the of the nation, and it was. And and you know there was an outcry from Congress, and I think it forced some changes. When you look at the mayor in this city and the police chief and the police department here, are there some things that members of Congress can do right now, sir, to force behavior that in the next budget, say you're not going to get your money unless you do the following things? It seems like there's a lot of things that the city and the police force aren't doing anymore that would uh, that are contributing to this crime wave. 
Well, as we look back to earlier in the year, we actually nullified a 2022 law That's right. that would have made the crime policies in Washington, D.C. even worse. Many of my Democratic colleagues in the House of Representatives voted against that. But crime is so bad in Washington, D.C. that at the end of the day, Joe Biden found himself forced to vote with us. This crime is so out of control. Liberal President Joe Biden was embarrassed into nullifying the D.C. City Council and the D.C. Mayor's Bill that would have been soft on crime. But I think what we need to do is potentially go a step further. Why? Because Capitol Police resources are being used to address street crime rather than their true mission of safeguarding the Capitol. I'm working on Capitol Hill to actually depoliticize the security apparatus after Speaker Pelosi politicized everything. And at the same time, we're finding out that we're having to do a lot of the street crime work that the Metropolitan Police Department should do. Why? The direct result of the liberal policies of D.C.'s uh, local city government. Wow. Gracious. Speaking of cleanup duty when it comes to cities crime, I think that uh, a lot of people fear that our elections also need cleanup duty. And you have addressed this directly in the ASAC, the Americans Confidence in Elections Act. Congratulations. You now have 120 co-sponsors. We've talked to you about this in the past, but I think it's always worth reinforcing what some of the main tenets of it are. I know, you know, easier to vote, clean, uh, harder to cheat. But talk to us about that and, and its progress. Yeah, we're making great progress. As you just noted there, over half of the Republicans in the House of Representatives are now co-sponsors of this legislation. I think we got a great opportunity to bring it to the House floor and pass it. Um, Why? Because it does all the things that conservatives and Republicans know that we have to do. We got to provide states the tools that they need to be able to clean up their elections systems. I think one of the most important, one of the most obvious is giving states access to the Social Security death database so that we know when a U.S. citizen is alive or dead. I always tell people, when's a good time to remove someone from the voter rolls? It's when they die. Uh, Going back to D.C. crime, the second pillar, we clean up Washington's, D.C.'s election system. That's really important because Washington, D.C.'s election system is as bad as their policies are on crime. They don't clean up their voter rolls. They don't require a photo ID to vote. They do all sorts of ridiculous things like allowing non-citizens to vote in next year's mayor's elections. We're coming in, we're fixing all that. We're gonna clean up the voter rolls. We're gonna require photo ID in our nation's capital. And we're gonna say that elections in America are for US citizens. These should be pretty common sense reforms when you're dealing with the radical left in cities like Washington, DC, you get pushback. It's all the more reason that we have to move forward with this absolutely essential piece of legislation. Yeah, a lot of people are uh, praising that legislation for its common sense uh, uh, ideas. I mean, I think there's a model for a lot of cities, not just Washington and the the country. So I want to turn to another thing. Obviously, in the Hunter Biden case, there's a lot of evidence out there that the FBI turned a blind eye to things, kept their agents from doing things, IRS agents that come forward. But there's a similar case in Michigan, the Muskegon Police Department, the Michigan State Police, heck, the Democratic Attorney General of Michigan have all said they found evidence of a uh, what looked to be a fraudulent ballot registration scheme, not only going on in Michigan, but across the country. They sent it to the FBI and nothing else ever happened. They don't know what happened. There's crickets for two or three years later. Are you and your committee looking into that? And will you demand answers from the FBI about what they did with the evidence that is now sitting out? Oh, we put the memos available to everyone because we got them under FOIA, but it doesn't appear the FBI's followed up. 
John, you're bird dog in this issue, and I think that's great. I think the more transparency, disclosure, openness we have on this and many other issues, the better off we are. I always say what's one of the best disinfectants? It's sunlight. And so shining the sunlight on a whole host of these issues is essential. It's one of the reasons why I think Americans don't have confidence in their elections is because we don't have enough transparency in the system. It's one of the things that we can particularly do with the ASAC, the American Confidence in Elections Act, is add confidence in our electoral system, providing states the tools that they need, and making sure that we're cleaning up the mess in places like Washington, D.C. And so the more transparency, the more accountability, the more openness that we have, I think we're going to be stronger as a nation. Yeah. Congressman, we've just got about a minute left. I wanted to hone in on something that, that was one of the most concerning aspects of this story, which is that for a while now, Americans have had a great deal of concern about the seventh floor of the Hoover building, the brass, the upper echelon of the FBI. But this calls into question possible corruption in FBI field offices, suggesting that maybe the FBI is corrupt to its core. Uh, does this further substantiate questions that I know a lot of Republicans in Congress have about the leadership of Director Ray? Well, I I think what we have is a huge opportunity on the appropriations bills coming before us to actually put forward conservative policies that make sure that we're having every federal agency, including the Department of Justice, doing their job and not drifting into other political realms. And so as we have this spending fight in Washington over the coming two weeks, I think it's essential that we get our spending bills done that we're not living under Nancy Pelosi and Democratic One Party control spending bills and their priorities. We have conservative policies at the helm to make sure that our federal agencies are doing the people's work, not politicians' work. All right, folks, one more good one to go. Barbara Comstock, former congresswoman from Virginia, has some concerns about the Justice Department weaponization, this time in the antitrust realm. She'll explain right after these messages. Folks, Factor's delicious, ready-to-eat meals make eating better every day easy. Wherever tomorrow takes you, be ready with pre-prepared, chef-crafted, and dietitian approved meals delivered right to your door. You'll have over 35 different options a week to choose from, including keto, calorie-smart, vegan, plus veggie, and so much more. And there's even more to enjoy with over 55 nutritional-packed add-ons that help make your weekly meal planning even more delicious and easy. What are you waiting for? Get started today and have a feel-good week of meals ready to go. If you're like me and have a busy schedule, that the last thing you want to worry about is what to eat or having to go to the grocery store. Factor makes it easy. As they are flexible to your schedule, get as much or as little as you need by choosing 6 to 18 meals per week. Plus, you can pause or reschedule your deliveries anytime. Plus, Factor meals are 100% ready to heat and eat, usually in just two minutes. So there's no prepping, cooking, or cleanup needed. Head to factormeals.com slash justnews50 and use the promo code justnews50 to get 50% off. That's the code justnews50 at factormeals.com. One more time, factormeals.com slash justnews50. Use the justnews50 code and you will get 50% off your first order. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. 
Welcome back, America. The federal government is working on one of its largest and uh, most complicated monopoly cases in a very long time ago. The DOJ, of course, is kicking off its antitrust case against Google, claiming that it runs an illegal monopoly. We have a very good guest who's done a lot of smart analysis on this. I first met her as a congressional investigator three decades ago. She did amazing work there, later became a congresswoman from my home state of Virginia. Today, she's a senior advisor at Baker Donaldson. She is former congresswoman. Barbara Constock, and she joins us right now. Congresswoman, great to have you on the show. Great to be with you. So you just wrote an op-ed that I think is a lot of, uh, makes a lot of sense. And I think it's an element that people haven't thought about. You know, we love, and we also love to hate Google sometimes, but just because we love it doesn't mean it's a monopoly. Talk a little bit about the dangers of maybe where you think the DOJ is going with this lawsuit. Yeah, well, this really is a radical case because what it's trying to do is really not follow the law, but make new law because the standard antitrust law for the past 40 years has been the consumer welfare standard, which is an objective standard that was first really established by Judge Robert Bork, who is actually privileged to have him as both a friend and a constituent here in Virginia. And that was a standard that was followed not only by Republican administrations during the Reagan administration and Bush one and Bush two, but by the Clinton administration and the Obama administration. And so it was objective. It was an economic standard. You looked at the consumer welfare and whether consumers were harmed. And obviously, when you look at Google, I mean, People like Google because it's helpful. You have competition in the whole search um, engine. I was just looking where Yelp is saying they've had one of their best quarters in the second quarter of 2023. If you, you know, you look at your phones, if you want to have a different search engine, a couple of clicks and you're, you can have a different one. I have several search engines on my phone. You probably do too, but most people like Google and use it because it's very helpful and it's become you know, the go-to search engine because it's constantly innovating, but it's in a very competitive environment. Yeah, that's a good point. If you were to, you know, there's no harm here. So wasting all the government resources on this case is really misguided. And that's why you've had the Justice Department as well as the FTC, you know, Lena Khan is a very liberal professor. She's been pursuing similar cases and she's been losing because it's not following this, you know, good economic standard that Judge Robert Bork set out, you know, 40 years ago. Right. And, and I think that most Americans, you know, while people are, tr- people are trying to pay for, for groceries and gas, they are probably not intimately familiar with antitrust laws and may, may not even be uh, familiar with this case. And I think a lot of people are probably surprised to see Google on the opposite side as the Biden administration, considering the coordination between, you know, big tech and, and this government. For the Biden administration, what what's the driving force behind this against Google? How does it benefit them? How does it benefit the, the Biden administration? administration? Hmm. Well, this has been a philosophical, really kind of on the sort of left-wing economic end. It's been sort of a philosophical position that they uh, that propounded by Lena Khan, who's at the FTC, that they and it's really trying to adopt the European Union position on big, you know, on technology. Um, and if you are familiar with the European Union technology community, they aren't leading the world. <laughs> they don't have any of the top uh, 20 technology companies. 
about 11 or 12 of them are in the U.S. The others are all in China. So, you know, the European Union comes in and regulates tech and has government regulate it, kind of pick winners and losers. And in the European Union, they're much more involved. And so we in the United States always wanted to have a light regulatory touch. So you don't want a Republican administration or a Democratic administration picking winners and losers in the tech industry. So you know, we want, you know, we want the market and the consumers to pick what they like, not politicians. Yeah, that's exactly what our founding fathers intended. There's no doubt. Uh, Congresswoman, uh, you were always a champion. And I've always been a champion of uh, liberty and freedom and free speech. And there's this amazing case going on, Missouri v. Biden, that I think is going to be the free speech case of our generation. I'd love if you could just give us a little uh, handicap of what you've seen with some of these agencies now clearly having their finger in the censorship pot and the early court rulings. Uh, what's your take on this and how important could it be to the future of free speech in America? Well, I think, you know, again, we never we don't want uh, government telling either individuals or companies, you know, invading their speech, you know, because we've had those issues back and forth. So I think, again, that's going to end up in the Supreme Court because you've had that initial case. But now it's been curtailed a bit in a you know higher court. I think ultimately you're going to see that go to the Supreme Court and, you know, have those arguments there. And I think the First Amendment uh, will prevail, as well as the rights of companies to decide, you know, that they want to be able to moderate speech and what they want to have on their platforms, because private companies, as well as individuals, get to decide, as well as you in the news business, get to decide editorially what you want to put out there. Yeah, it's the government's thumb that was the big problem. In this Not the world. government. You don't want the government yeah. telling you what to say either, right? <laughs> That's right. Yeah, exactly. Absolutely yeah. not. Yep. And, and on that note, Congresswoman, I want to get in a twofer here. Um, first of all, Chairman Jim Jordan, he wants censorship uh, funding ban to be a part of that budget deal. He's got a number of priorities, and that is one of them, along with uh, a handful of other members of Congress. Um, do you think that that's something that will ultimately end up there? And, and what do you think is going to happen? We've got these September 30th deadline uh, shutdown looming. Well, since I'm in Virginia and I'd like to see Republicans, uh, I'd like to see some Republicans do well and have some good outcomes here in Virginia. I certainly don't want to see a government shutdown. So, you know, it's going to be tough to have some of those things get through a Democrat Senate. So the more you put on there that isn't going to be approved by the Senate, the more you're going to tie these things up. So I think they need to be, you know, you have to look at what is, you know, what's the possibility of what's going to get through the Senate. So the ultimately, you know, you got to deal with, you know, the dynamics of what you have in place there. So I, I certainly hope they will you know, keep the government open <laughs> because that ultimately, you know, they, they cut a good deal in May on lowering, um, you know, the, the, you know, the budget. And I think they should stick to it and, and, you know, try it. The more the House Republicans stick together, the better they're going to do in getting those numbers down. Yeah. When they mm -hmm. divide like they're doing right now, that's going to hurt them. Yep. Yep. They're negotiating against themselves right now. Yeah. Congresswoman yeah the Wall Street Journal, I think, really said it right today. It. You know, yeah, if you hang separate, you know, if they don't stick together, they're going to hang separately. And that's right. You know, that, all the name calling you have going on right now. Not we helpful. know when. There's a shutdown, Republicans lose. Yeah.
Folks, that wraps up another edition of John Solomon Reports. So grateful you can join us for Sunday Brunch. I'm so grateful that you spent a little bit of time on your weekends listening to this show. I hope we can deliver some food for thought, some new facts that you might not have known about. And of course, great conversations with some of the most important newsmakers in America. All right, we'll be back Monday with regular programming. Until then, God bless you and have a great night. History, economics, the great works of literature, the meaning of the U.S. Constitution. Did you study these things in school? Probably not. Or even if you did, like I did, maybe it's time for a refresher. Time and technology have changed a lot of things, but they have not changed basic fundamental truths about the world and our place in it as America. That's why I'm so excited that Hillsdale College is offering more than 40 free online courses in the most important and enduring subject. You can learn about the works of C.S. Lewis, the stories in the book of Genesis, the meaning of the U.S. Constitution, the rise and fall of the Roman Republic, or the history of the ancient Christian church with Hillsdale College's online courses, all available for free. That's right, you heard me, for free. You don't get anything free in the Biden economy today. I personally recommend you sign up for the American Citizenship and its decline. It's with my good friend, the great historian, Victor Davis Hanson. In this eight-lecture course, VDH, as I like to call him, explores the history of citizenship in the West and the threats it faces today. Threats like the erosion of the middle class, the disappearance of our borders, the growth of an unaccountable deep state, and the rise of globalist organizations. The course is self-paced so that you can start whenever and wherever. So start your free course, American Citizenship and Its Decline, with my good friend, Victor Davis Hanson, today. How do you do that? Go right now to hillsdale.edu slash justnews to start. It's free and it's easy to get started and it's an easy URL to remember. All you got to do, go to hillsdale.edu slash justnews. One more time, hillsdale.edu slash just news. Folks, financial experts thought we were in the clear. They were anticipating around six rate cuts by the Fed this year, and then the inflation data came out higher than expected again, just like we've been predicting. Friends, this isn't going away anytime soon. It can't. The U.S. is $34 plus trillion in the hole, and yet we keep printing money, which pushes the prices you pay every day even higher, whether it's at the grocery cart or at the gas store. So, you can either bury your head in the sand or you can do something about it. Diversify a portion of your savings into gold with Birch Gold Group. Gold is your hedge against inflation and Birch Gold makes it easy to own. They will help you convert an existing IRA or 401k into a tax-sheltered IRA in gold and you don't pay a penny out of pocket. All you got to do to get started, text Just News to 989898 and get your free info kit on gold. Then talk to a precious metal specialist on how to protect your savings from persistent inflation. The way to do it with gold. All you got to do to get started on that journey with my good friends who I trust more than anyone at Birch Gold Group, text Just News to 989898 98 98 right now.